Steve Bowman. We are so excited to have you on the podcast today. Uh, I know it's been, shoot, scheduling after this and that, so it's taken us some time to get to this point, uh, but we're pumped to have you. So welcome to More Than Numbers. Thank you, appreciate it, Lamar. Thanks, Kevin, it's a pleasure. Yeah, glad to have you. I'm, I'm excited about you getting your business off the ground and we've had the pleasure of meeting professionally a few times. So now to have you on the podcast, I know people will absolutely be blessed, but they don't know what you do. So tell us about your business and your background that led you here. Yeah, absolutely. So do you want the long version or the short version? <laughs> let's let's get the medium version. My attention span is very low. Okay, all right, well that works. And I, I'm a person that needs that that filter. I need that. I need an amount because I could speak to this for an hour. So I'll give you the medium version, but um, it all goes back to, so I'm a health professional. I've been working in corporate health and wellness for 15, 16 years now. And I've always had a passion for health and helping others and serving others. And I did it mostly in the corporate health and wellness side of things. So I worked in managing fitness centers and running programs and you know, doing health, health education presentations and seminars and kind of you name it, everything in between. And so for me, I've seen how healthy living can impact people's lives in, from an incredible perspective, taking somebody that was living, you know, an okay life, not fully fulfilled and content with how they're living and what they're doing, and then see the switch, see how somebody can really use health to complement them in who they are and helping them become their best version. So I'll give you the real Cliff Notes version. I had a variety of roles. I, get, I gathered a lot of experience, but this past year I was without a full-time position for, for many, many months. And I was waiting, you know, like, okay, I'm just gonna keep improving myself, getting better. And then I said, what am I waiting for? Why don't I take control and use the gifts that God has given me and the, all the great experiences I've had to create my own business? And that's when Live and Lead was born. And I know, Keanu, when me and you first talked, it was, I mean, literally, I, I don't think I had really done much other than the ideas and the plans. And I know you were really encouraging and supportive saying, hey, this sounds like a great space. I love the combination of all things. And, you know, if I can help you. So I appreciate that from you, Keanu. But um, so anyway, what we do is we created an online school. So I had this vision of supporting community groups, medical providers, and employers by giving them free support, free resources, and helping them serve their audience. And then on the back end, what we are, and services or product are really online health transformation courses. So our vision was we wanted to give so much of our, our passion and our experience for free in our blog posts, our, our podcast episodes, as well as our complimentary online school and courses. But then we also have very, very affordable, low cost options. So the average course that we have for our standard course price is $49. And I did a lot of surveying and data and they said that that was a good sweet spot. But anyway, if you, if you wanna know about what we're creating, our products, our courses, and they range from anywhere from two to three, two to four hours worth of content, and so what we did was we merged healthy living leadership all into one, hence the name Live and Lead, which is our organization. And so we want people, but we want them to lead by example. So two of my passions that I love are leadership and healthy living. So this was perfect for me to say, let's create my dream organization. And my opportunity within that is to really serve our community. So when you talk about living better, how, how, do, how, do, you, how do you define that in your world? Yeah, good question. So living better to me is 
looking at the core areas of what we call lifestyle medicine. So the six core areas of lifestyle medicine that have been shown to not only prevent the majority of health problems, I believe the stats 75 to 85% of all healthcare spend and problems, mostly chronic diseases. If you focus on these six core areas and do them well, then you can set yourself up for a really healthy life, but you can also use it to prevent. So the six areas are eating smarter, sleeping better and getting enough sleep, both quantity and quality, managing stress, cultivating relationships and really building up the social aspect of our life, avoiding toxic substances and being physically active. So we wanna move more, we wanna eat well, stress less. We wanna love more through our relationships and connections. We wanna avoid the bad things and we wanna get a good night's sleep at the end of the day. Those are the six core areas. So simple and straightforward. And yet, of course, we just don't do that, right? Uh, I was, I, I'm really excited to talk about this because it's all rooted in right. Why, why do we make the decisions that we do? Why do we go down the paths that we do or repeat the patterns? And so that's why I'm excited to pair your knowledge and experience with the Enneagram because the Enneagram at its core and our internal drivers first page on our assessment results, it tells you what you avoid, what you pursue your dominant struggle, and then your fulfillment message. We know why or what's going on at our core. So we can really speak to, all right, why are we making the decisions? Why do we default to maybe not push ourselves physically or to cheat on the diet or to stay up late and not get enough rest or all of these things that started somewhere? So before we get into that, it's my understanding you were a professor uh, at, at Delaware University, I believe? Yeah, 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 at the University of Delaware. I've, I've had the opportunity and responsibility to teach for the past eight years, and it's such a blessing in my life. And it kind of goes to show you just a quick story on how that started just for your yes, please. is I knew that I had value to add and I wanted to adv advise students. So I went to the chair at the time and said, can I advise your students? I'd like to come in, whether it's a part-time position or volunteer. He said, well, we don't really have that need right now, but I tell you what, I want you to teach this class called personal health management. And I said to him, and this is what I said exactly. I said, I can teach. Like I'm allowed to teach at the University of Delaware, you know, undergraduate students. And he said, yeah, you have your master's in health promotion. So you, you can certainly teach. And my wife was about to deliver our baby twins. So we had a, a one-year-old boy and we were having two, um, two baby twin boys. And I was like, this is the worst timing possible. But I said, I can't say no. Wow. And I'm so glad I didn't say no, because now I've had close to 2,000 students and more than uh, 28 sections over that time period. That is amazing. So needless to say, if anyone was doubting, this is a real professional in the field. I want to like dive into all six of these topics just because like, um, not that we're going to actually do that, but all of that sounds really interesting. Um, but talk to us about the toxics, the toxic substances. Uh, that's number five on your list. Yeah. I think it's in the world that we're living today, there's tons of different things and everyone's talking about what they're putting in their body. I'd love to hear your take on this. Yeah, so the way we can do this is basically just stay in your bedroom and never leave. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so so when, we, when we say from a lifestyle medicine perspective, avoid toxic substances, we're mostly speaking about tobacco, alcohol, and drugs. Those are the three core. Now, granted, toxins can be anything. Toxins mm -hmm. could be... The, um, the chemicals from a smoker and processed food. It could be additives to in coloring. It could be anything. 
but we really focus on not smoking and avoiding any tobacco products, whether it's cigars, tobacco, you know, all the different, you know, new kind of bad type tobacco, nicotine resources out there. We also want to avoid alcohol use and we want to limit it. Not saying that somebody can't choose to do it. Tobacco is one that we want to say no. Kind of like the D.A.R.E. program. Don't touch it. Don't use it. Stay away from it. If you currently are using it, try to get to a better place. Alcohol is one that we all have the choice, like everything. God's given us free will to make that choice for ourselves. Um, but at the end of the day, alcohol is a carcinogen, which means it's a cancer-causing compound. So if you go to the World Health Organization site, you'll see alcohol listed in all the different types and variations that contribute to cancer cells. So that, as well as a lot of chronic diseases and health problems, are all negatively affected by alcohol consumption. Same with drugs. Drugs are toxins. Drugs have very, very devastating effects on our health. And so the best medicine is no medicine. However, with medical care, sometimes there, are, there is a need for medicine. And if we do, what we have to do uh, and evaluate is that do the pros and cons, you know, where do they fall with taking this medicine or not taking this medicine? Well, what I would always say is, why are you taking a medicine and what can you do with your lifestyle to address the same thing, you know? So there's a better way to maybe shift our lifestyle to get off of meds and heal our body. I love that. And it's so relevant. My, I have some family members that have struggled with that, with having some issues and then taking medication and then the medication just making everything worse on top of addiction and things like that. So I love being able to address it without that, you know, if we can. But especially as we talk about, you know, more than numbers, Enneagram for Business being our podcast, as a business owner, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not taking care of your body physically, mentally, emotionally, it affects everything because you are the engine that keeps it running. So if you're not caring for your body, one, you're not going to get the longevity and have the endurance, the sustained success. If it's not sustainable, it's not successful. But two, it's also, I, I have this problem and I don't know if it's a problem so much, but when I see someone that's teaching me or a professional and they haven't taken care of their body, I, I tune out. It's very hard for me to actually engage with them and say, yeah, they probably, they probably know what they're talking about, but it's hard for me to say if they don't take care of their physical, then it's really hard for me to trust and listen to them. So as business owners as well, if you don't take care of yourself, people start to infer you don't take care of your business, you don't take care of your product, and you sure don't take care of me as your client. So kind of shifting gears into, well, how can, and this was your wonderful question uh, pre-recording, how can we use the Enneagram to uh, enhance our, our physical, our personal health? And since you asked the question, I'd love to let you set us up and then we can dive into that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's something that when I think of your expertise and what you guys bring and serve to people is helping them and enabling and equipping them to become better at whatever it is they're doing, right? So me as a health professional and a health educator, the Enneagram is a really neat assessment in that I learned a lot about myself and I started thinking, okay, now if it helps me understand, you know, my fear, desire, weakness, longing, which really hit me spot on, and I'm sure we'll probably get to that. It started me thinking in, well, how can we leverage this for all of our students and our community members that we're building, you know, a group of, and how can we help them better understand themselves so they can better understand the challenge, live better and lead by example, right? Like kind of adding that as a preset to say, 
know yourself, Lamar, know yourself, Keanu. Now let's talk about the problem or the challenge. You know, we, we, we use the phrase challenge as it can be a positive challenge, but we don't want to focus on the negative. We want to focus on what can you do and how are you going to do it? Um, so that kind of is my question to you being an expert. What are your recommendations for somebody that's looking to improve their health? How can the Enneagram really help them better do that? I'd like to tackle yes. this one first um, to, to at least to set the stage for, for Keanu, because the first thing that came to mind was, was habits. All right. All in all these six categories that you're talking about, a lot of people have to change their day-to-day habits in order to uh, act upon what, what we're, what you're coaching to. And I think what the Enneagram does, it, it shows you why you're prone to the current habits that you, that you uh, have in your life and how you might be able to, to, to retrain that. So that was the first thing that popped in my mind was, was recreating habits. And that's what Enneagram has allowed me to do in my own business was change up some of my, uh, the way that I did my day-to-day operations. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here, Lamar, but I do know, and I'm going to share a personal story as well, but we walked through some things about how, like, as a one, you're very hard on yourself naturally. So when you don't work out, you see it translate into your business. Can you share a little bit about that from your perspective as a one and how, how I remember the day we made that connection. It was like mind blowing for both of us, but mm-hmm. can you share, share about that? Yeah. So from the type one's perspective uh, of dealing with resentment, that resentment isn't always outwardly towards other people. Um, a lot of times the resentment is more to- more so towards myself. So if I'm speaking to a type one, you know, j- just as an example, the story that you're talking about is I remember, um, you know, waking up and, and honestly, today is kind of like that. I didn't get my workout in last night. So now I'm like, ugh. You know, I got my, my eyes are feeling a little bit droopier than the normal and all that stuff. And then I also have to fight the urge of like, man, like you should have did this. You should have prepared better. You should have planned this. You should have. So like, I constantly tell myself you should have, should have, should have, should have. And that beating down effect causes me to not, uh, look at myself highly enough to then shift my patterns. Like the beating down effect of this whole thing that I naturally have causes me to stay in a low place and then not actually do what I do what I should. Um, so in the same way of like, if I miss a workout and then I beat myself up about it, it's more than likely I'm probably gonna miss a workout again. But if I were to make a mistake or mess up in my routine and then just accept the fact that I'm human just like everyone else and I fall short of the glory of God just like everyone else, then that allows me to, to forgive myself, not harbor the resentment and then move forward um, right. towards some of these healthier habits. Some eights would say, good, you should beat yourself up. You should, <laughs> right? Because that's how eights are. And, and yeah. that, is the, that is the greatest thing. I encounter this in every conversation with every team I work with, that thing that, well, that's what you should do. We cannot tell people what they should do because we're operating out of our experience and our perception, not from theirs. So, you know, naturally before I would say good Lamar, like before I have grown and all of this, maybe four or five years ago, I'd have told Lamar like, yeah, you should do that. You should beat yourself up because you're not going to get better if not, because that works for me. But there's a huge difference between self-discipline and self-deprecation. And that's the greatest thing that I'm seeing because all of that, even what you just said, you have learned to also leverage that as a strength. I've seen that in you. Like if I don't do this, I'm going to beat myself up. And I know that. So I'm going to stick to my routines and my habits because what I want most is more important than what I want now. But again, that's self-discipline, self-deprecation. 
is then going and not doing it and then just beating yourself up and then repeating the cycle. So then you didn't go to the workout, you beat yourself up. The day is terrible at work because you didn't go to the workout. Then you go home and you're like, the day was so terrible. I'm not going to work out again tonight. Might as well just eat what I want. And then it just continues to, to ensue in that way. And that all came from, we understand Lamar as a type one, avoids being wrong, bad, evil, immoral, corruptible. So in his mind, missing the workout was wrong. And not only did he do something wrong, he is a wrong person. And then he will pursue being good or right or justice, right? Being responsible. So he's pursuing responsibility. And then that struggle is resentment. And then his fulfillment message is you are good, not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus did for you. So all four of those internal drivers there are, are present in, well, why are you not going to work out? Or, hey, I missed a workout or what have you. And we can go through that for all nine types and see that there's a direct correlation because what you think is what you feel, what you feel is what you say, what you say is what you do, what you do is who you become. But it all started with a thought, right? So I was really excited to tackle that. We'll, uh, we'll let the, the expert on physical well-being jump back in now, Steve. Yeah, and one thing I'll say, too, is to Lamar's point, I, I, I sometimes catch myself slipping in that vicious cycle as well. You know, and as a health professional, when people out, out there like Keanu have such crazy expectations of professionals, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but like when you think about it, I always think that as a health professional, you know, I've been a health professional for 16 years now. I personally have health challenges myself. And what I try to remind myself is I want to lead by example and show that I'm not, I'm not always going to eat the best thing or, you know, do the best thing here or there. So what we want to think about is reinforcing ourselves. So do we choose negative reinforcement or positive reinforcement? That's kind of a subjective thing. I personally like positive. Sometimes I feel like I need the negative. I need the threat. I need that, that little bit of fear to kind of get me going. But what I would say to anybody, you know, when you're looking to improve your health, knowing who you are and knowing how you respond is a critical aspect. And that's where I think the Enneagram can be a good leg up for us all to better understand yourself. So let me give you an example. So as I'm creating a business, when I look at my core fears, desires, weaknesses, and longing. So my core fear is being rejected and unwanted. So basically, uh, Steve, we haven't, sorry, we haven't mentioned yet. What is your type? And then jump into that as okay. well. Okay, all right. So I am, I am a type two. When I first did this assessment, I was like, yeah, we'll see what it comes up. And then I was like, looking around, like, how do they know this stuff? You know, how do they know that these are my fears, desires, and all of that? So if you were to ask anybody that knows me, they can see that I am always trying to add value and insert myself into situations and opportunities. So for example, if I'm in a meeting and, and nobody's participating, I will speak. I cannot, I cannot muzzle myself. If I have an idea, I'm going to share it. But one of the things that I have to remember is knowing that sometimes my pride can be a barrier. And having that pride in different situations is something that I need to recognize that not everybody wants to do what I may recommend, right? So me as a health professional and all of us as people, knowing who we are, I think can set us up for success or for failure. But one good example that I want to share with me creating a complimentary online school with free courses and low cost courses, that fits perfectly for who I am based off my Enneagram. I want to support, I want to serve, and I want that value to come back. Like I want to feel that I'm making a difference, even though really I shouldn't need that validation. 
because I know I'm doing a good thing. I, I would like to see if we were to talk about that, because being the type two, the helper, and knowing that what you just mentioned, let's say that then you did slip into, or let's say you weren't aware that that was the case for you, and you continue to give and give and give. And then that leads you to an unhealthy place. Can you maybe let's 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 kind of imagine what that would look like and how that can then affect you and your physical decisions and your physical health? Yeah, and I think that that's a good that's a good question there. And when I think about it, like let's take pride for example. Like I'm a believer in plant based nutrition, lifestyle medicine. I, I've seen it, and I can share you examples of how I got to be so strong in my thinking. But that's my thinking. That's my experience. That's not Keanu's, that's not Lamar's, right? We all have our own experience of how we got to where we are through our lifestyle, our experiences, conditions. But for me, if I didn't know that I am a prideful person that needs that validation, then I would take it personal that our business is starting slow. You know, that we've only sold a few courses and we're, you know, testing and we're building it and making it better. So I would take it personal if somebody didn't A, select us as a provider to help them meet their, their health goals. And B, if they took it, but maybe didn't like it, my pride could be a barrier if I wasn't aware. Mm. Right? But being fully aware, I need to understand it's not about me. Mm. Like even the business live and lead, it's not about me. Like we talked about, you know, I'm a servant of God as a Christian. I truly believe that I've been given gifts, talents, opportunities, experiences to make other people the best version of themselves. So that's just one example that comes to mind is being fully aware of who you are to know how to pivot and work around your weaknesses. Such a great example. Gosh, you when you the way you brought up pride just now, it kind of it deviates a little bit from this topic. But I always was um, when when st- I always learn a little bit more when I'm actually type talking to the person that is that type, uh, which is always fun because you talked about your pride in serving, right? There's, there's two ways in which you kind of mentioned your pride shows up. It's one, well, this is always, this is kind of known about twos, but not acknowledging that you have needs is one form of pride, but also the pride of like, hey, I know what you need. And then when it doesn't work out or you don't, or they don't agree with you, or you thought it was what they needed and it turned out to not, how much that stings. Is that what you're alluding to? And can you talk more about that? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, my primary focus, and I'm willing to take one for the team all the time, you know, as much as I want to help and serve, I do insert myself and I do feel like I know what can fix. So if Lamar, you told me a problem that you're having in my head, I have a solution. I have what can fix you. And, you know, being a health professional, being a type two, but also being a guy, I think we can all agree to this that we love to fix things, right? And so for me, I would say, Keanu, if you want it, I have, I have all these different things that can help you with your challenges that you have. But what I have to be very conscious of is I have to help you with knowing my experience and passion, personal and professional, but I need to know Lamar better and I need to know who you are, how I can better help you craft your own personal transformation. And so when we build out online courses, we can't build out a course that fits perfect for every Enneagram type because one Enneagram type might want a long list of factual information. Some might need a snip, but then just tell me how. And then there's a lot of people in between. So what we have to do is help enable and equip people to look at their own life and say, this is who I am. This is where I want to go. And this is how I'm going to get 
that takes it to a whole other level that we're passionate about as well. Because when you get past or you've established a good understanding of yourself with the Enneagram, the next step always in the businesses that we coach is, all right, now how can you apply this to your clientele? or understanding your market, understanding your people, because what you had just mentioned there was gold. People are creating content or creating products the way that they learn or the way that they like them. And that's such a limited mindset. So I can imagine in your courses, two to four hours, roughly, you have the audio, you have the video, you probably have the, uh, the companion PDFs and the guide. So that way you can kind of service all people and the one that, like me, just wants to, hey, give me the meat and potatoes, let me get out of there. And then the one like Lamar that wants all the details, like we can all be serviced. So I love that you touched on that because that's so beneficial for us as business owners. What does our market want, not what do we want? Because that's the greatest, one of the greatest reasons why businesses fail is that they don't understand, is there a need for what I'm offering? Or, you know, how can I make it desirable if there's not yet a need? So I love that you touched on that. Yeah. And one thing to piggyback off of that, too, is to understand, I think what you said hits the nail on the head is what problem are you solving and how are you solving and helping those people with that challenge? So for us to validate it, the problem we're solving for is huge. Chronic disease, poor health in America is a necessary thing that we have to address. We can't brush it out of the rug and just accept it. We have to say this is a problem that needs to be addressed. But what we're building with our school, with using lifestyle medicine, with using, you know, mostly plant-based diet, me and my pride, I have to understand that that might not be what somebody wants. I mean, I've had conversation with older adults that I say, you can get rid of your type two diabetes. You can reach and maintain a healthy weight. You can get off all your medicines, but they still choose not to because they don't want to make the change. And so what we have to remember and all those that we're serving is we want to do our best and put our best foot forward, but we also need to accept that maybe my approach is not for that person. And that's something that I'm learning and training myself to be better with. The sale happens or the business is closed when they realize there's a problem, not when you tell them. Exactly. And that was something we experienced early on with True Strategy as well was like, all right, we know what value this adds, but how are we letting them come to the understanding that this adds value. And that's what really led to accelerate relationships, accelerate results, because it's like, well, what do we do? And it wasn't enough for most business owners, unfortunately, to say like, we're going to come in and your team's going to understand each other better than they ever have for some sure. But that was a small amount we had seen. All right. Well, what is this causing, right? What are the, what's the end game? What are the results? And that's why we got to, we accelerate relationships to accelerate results. And you get to decide as a client, as a business owner, what have you, hey, is this something that I'm wanting to explore? Is this a problem we have or an area for growth where we can continue to get better? I was with a team yesterday in Pennsylvania, and we talked about going from a group to a team. Unfortunately, most business teams operate more like a group. There's a huge difference between a group and a team. So that's just a quick takeaway for any business owner listening right now. What is a group? Have your team define that. What is a team? Have them define that and really decide which one are we. And the Enneagram helps us to operate more like a team, understanding everyone's strengths and weaknesses, right? I always default to football. It's my favorite sport. And Lamar was an all-star in college. So, you know, it's just what we know. But if everyone thought they could throw the ball, then everyone would out there be out there trying to be quarterback. Unfortunately, it's not the same in our teams because we're operating in the intangible skills, oftentimes the soft skills. 
So when the Enneagram helps us to show, all right, these are where some of your natural strengths lie. Stop trying to be more like Steve. Own being the best Keanu. You're not going to operate like Steve. You're not going to operate like Lamar. That's fine. Let, let's figure out your lane, your position, and then come together to operate better as a team. But anyways, all of that to say back to what you were talking about, we can identify the need. And especially as men, we want to tell people where they need to get better. But until they identify it, that's just good business. You're not going to sell anything. Love it, Steve. Um, I wanted to, as we're, as we're bringing this thing to a close, uh, I wanted to clear up uh, some common misconceptions that you've heard. I mean, in this era of social media and Googling and getting information and like what's true, what's not, I, I'd love to hear you just clear out some common misconceptions around you know, plant-based nutrition, around uh, sleep, uh, around, you know, whatever you want to just, whatever you're passionate about clearing up, I'd love to hear you just download that. Yeah, absolutely. I have no problem doing that. Um, so let's talk about plant-based nutrition first. And I'll tell you how I became a believer in that. So I probably ate similar to maybe how you guys eat now. I used to eat a lot of lean meats. I try to add color and vegetables, try to eat whole, grain, whole grains and what I noticed was it all started when we watched a documentary. So we watched a documentary four years ago called um, Pork Server Knives. Me and my wife looked at each other like, what? Like we were like pissed off. Like, why aren't we share this information? He's also a health professional. And so what we decided was, let's give it a try. Let's give this plant-based thing a try. So we gave three weeks, we tried it out. And because to me, what you hear versus what you experience are different, right? You can hear all this all day long, especially in today's crazy media world. I tell people, listen less to that and focus more on what you're, you've experienced in your own life. So for me, I said, you know, let's give it a try. Within three weeks, I lost 10 pounds. I felt like I was on something. I felt like I was cheating. Like I felt like my brain worked better. I was sleeping better. My skin looked better. I lost weight. Everything was getting better. So I was like, wow, there's something to this. So then we, we, we made this transition with our, with our children. And then from there, I just started helping more and more people. And then I said to my wife, I said, we got to do something about this. Like, I want to I wanna share this good news. So I incorporated a program at my church called Transform. So I did a four-week plant-based challenge. And we had about 30 people do it. And because I'm big on like, yeah, I can see the testimonials, but I want to experience myself with people that I know. And so we had incredible benefits at our church and people were all talking about plant-based nutrition and vegan diets and all these different phrases. And everybody that did it got better, whether they were 30 or whether they were 80. And so everybody improved and some of them switched to a mostly plant-based diet. Some of them switched to complete. Some of them just made baby steps, but essentially and we could probably dive into the types of Enneagram that basically fell into each bucket. But so it validated what we were doing. So people improved. They said, can we do more? So then I started incorporating a monthly health presentation. So I offered, I would read a health book, a lifestyle medicine book, you know, a lot of it dealing with nutrition, sleep, the core areas. And then I would present on that topic and we'd have eight people one month. We have 30 people the next month. And so I did that for about two years, started rounding it out. We then, um, I then partnered with some uh, lifestyle medicine doctor, a dietitian, some community members, and we started offering challenges. The first challenge we had, we had 75 people registered. And so anyway, long story short, we had all these different things 
that validated this way of eating. And for me, what I saw was no matter where you were, whatever your health challenges were, I saw that the most important lifestyle change we could all make was focusing on ramping up and improving our nutrition. And if you look at the global burden of disease study from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, it's the lar largest study you know, ever really kind of uh, created to look at all of this. They found that nutrition is the number one cause of death and disability in the entire world. But yet in, in our American culture, nutrition is confusing. Nutrition is complicated and most medical providers don't even know what to tell you to eat. Um, so anyway, to, to validate um, kind of what I was learning, I just kept doing it and kept building it. And to answer your question, Lamar and Keanu, I found that diet is a game changer. Um, and it's something that I recommend if any of you haven't seen the documentary called The Game Changers, I recommend you go on Netflix and check it out and make your own decision and give it a try yourself. Yeah. Lamar has always, I think, as long as I've known him anyways, dabbled in that kind of plant-based side of things. And I will admit it's come with quite a bit of judgment on my end being the carnivore <laughs> that I am. But I knew that Lamar was going to want to get into that. Lamar, what, what's, you, what's your take there? What are you hearing? I mean, no, I, I, I remember going on the plant-based diet for a month and it was, it was amazing. Honestly, like I, I felt great. A lot of great positivity that, that had came from it, from my skin to my energy and all that stuff. I just, it's, it's my family dynamic. You go back home and my mom cooks steak and chicken and, and oh, all this stuff that's just too good. It's just that that's, it's my own personal flesh. That's just <laughs> I can't seem to, to kick the habit of wanting it is what I'm struggling with. So maybe you can speak to something like that, Steve, because that's my problem. Yeah. Well, hey, Steve, I think he just let you on, if, unless you already have this, like, all right, a course on how to speak to that, because that's where everyone's at. Like, I'd love to be plant-based, but my yeah. wife or my kids or my family or, you know, mom's cooking or what have you, that sounds like it'd be a, a, a prime course right there. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I, I get this question all the time. And people ask me, do you miss it? Do you miss it? And after four years of eating a plant-based diet, I say, no, no, I don't. I actually don't. And you know what? Um, that's why I always want people to try it, right? So the best way of getting at somebody like Keanu, who might be like stubborn and set in his ways is prove me wrong, Keanu, right? Give it a try three, four weeks and tell me you feel worse, right? Challenge it man to man. And I'm personally challenging you right now, Keanu. So maybe for your business. <laughs> Let's so, get it. So what he I'm just saying, spoke right to you. <laughs> Love it. So, so now what we need to understand here is if you feel good, then good. But see, the key thing is, Lamar, you felt incredible. It's not black or white. You didn't have to go completely off. You could have said, all right, well, I'm going to eat a mostly plant-based diet. And then when I go home and I go see my family, I'm going to treat myself to the barbecue and to all that. It's not all or nothing. And this mm. is the recommendation I share with everybody. There's no research that shares that a 90% plant-based diet versus a 100% plant-based diet, one is any better, right? Oh. But all the research is showing the more you eat, that is fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, seeds, legumes, which are beans, peas, and lentils, and mushrooms, the more of that stuff that you eat, the better your health will be wow. in the long run two things actually one i think i i'm going to accept the challenge because <laughs> you spoke an eight's language that is how you address an eight everyone walks around on tiptoes and eggshells around eights because they're afraid 
But when you get in an eight space and you say like, hey, listen, that is how you, I, it got me excited. Like I know most <laughs> people would probably be like, I can't believe that you challenged me that way. But for eights, that's like, it's really exciting. This has been an honor to have you on. What is your website? Where can people find you and experience your courses and also engage with you? Yeah, thanks. So uh, just to reconfirm, the name of our business is Live and Lead with an and symbol. You can find us uh, two ways, Live, livelead.org, which is our website that we're building out. And this is something I didn't share, but we are looking at serving our community groups, employers, medical providers, community groups, organizations. We want to serve you to better serve your audience. So if you have any needs that you'd like us to help, we are more than happy to help you. Um, but for people that are looking to get signed up and look to join our school, which is complimentary, there's no harm in joining our school and using our resources, tapping in, you can go to liveandlead.teachable.com. And that is our online platform. On there, you'll see a little bit about our courses, a bunch of testimonials of real life exam examples. And I can tell you this in the future, we're gonna have Keanu and Lamar featured on our website as testimonials, sharing their story, sharing their good news. And I am that confident that they will both feel good. And by the way, Lamar, the challenge is back to you as well. I'm not going to let you off the hook. <laughs> Look, you had me when you when you spoke to me and you said it wasn't all it wasn't all or nothing. Like that's just like the best thing you can probably give permission you can give a type one is permission to make a mistake. So like that 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 made me feel good. So mostly plant based is what I'll be aiming for. Thank you again, Steve. Thank you for your time. This has been More Than Numbers Enneagram for Business. Thank you for listening. Please, if this was impactful for you, share this with a friend, like, and subscribe on your favorite platform. And if you want to engage with us, you are ready to take action today. You can email us directly, info at truestrategy.info. We'll talk about accelerating your relationships and accelerating your results. And if you want to find our assessment to find your type or help a friend find their Enneagram type, visit assessment.truestrategy.info. See you on the next one.